Welcome to Critical Value, the podcast from the Urban Institute that explores issues of significance for research, policy, and people. I'm your host, Justin Milner. Let's start with a quick thought experiment. Imagine that you pick up your phone and check your bank app and find a few billion dollars there that you weren't expecting. Actually, let's say you have tens of billions of dollars. Would you think about using some of those funds to help make the world a better place? What areas would you focus on? And how would you make sure the money was well spent? Safe to say most of us won't have to face these questions. But Jeff Bezos is not like us. Earlier this month, the Amazon founder, CEO, and wealthiest person in the world announced the creation of the Bezos Day One Fund. The fund will begin with a commitment of $2 billion, with a focus on two critical areas of need, helping alleviate family homelessness and addressing the lack of preschool education in low-income areas. The size and scale of the Day One Fund caused a bit of a media stir when it was announced. Some breaking news around Jeff Bezos and his philanthropic efforts, a $2 billion Day One Fund. Now they've committed $2 billion to its launch, and it will focus on two things. The first will target the homeless problem by giving to existing groups. Now, the second thing he's going to focus on is preschools. Now they're going to start and operate a network of high-quality, full-scholarship Montessori-inspired schools in underserved communities. I talked to two experts from the Urban Institute about the Bezos announcement and what kind of impact it could have towards addressing these two critical problems. Mary Cunningham, a researcher focused on homelessness and housing, and Erica Greenberg, who studies early childhood education and other social programs. Both researchers described the creation of the Day One Fund as exciting, significant, and full of potential. Here's Mary Cunningham. This $2 billion investment is a needle-moving investment, but it will require sort of a multi-layered strategy where you're investing what works, testing what you need to know more about, and then really funding advocacy and change at the local level. Mary believes that homelessness is a problem worth focusing on. I think that homelessness is a solvable problem. I think there is a ton of research that points us to the right solutions, mostly focused around housing, housing first, affordable housing, and that if we dedicate the right amount of resources and get everybody marching to the beat of the right drummer, that we could solve this problem. And I I think that, like I said, we know the solutions. We just don't have the funding or the political will uh, to get there. Bezos plans to fight family homelessness by investing in existing nonprofits and civic groups that provide food and shelter to families. This is actually a more narrow, targeted approach because families make up only a fraction of the larger homeless population. But Mary stresses that the funds must still be deployed wisely. To do that, she outlines three steps. First, Target areas across the country with the highest rates of homelessness. Second, create political pressure to increase funding for federal programs, like the Housing Choice Voucher Program, that have been proven to work. And third, pilot and test strategies to prevent homelessness, because it's more cost-effective to keep someone in a home than it is to get them back into housing. Again, here's Mary. 
So if I were to give Jeff Bezos advice, I would start with targeting resources to the places that have the highest rate of homeless families. I would fund what works, invest in rapid rehousing, invest in housing vouchers, invest in supportive housing. Then I would test on how to prevent homelessness. So we don't know a lot about how to prevent homelessness from occurring in the first place. So I would maybe launch some pilots. And then lastly, I would make sure that everyone, especially the government, federal, state, and local, are doing their part. Mary believes strongly that with the right amount of political will and investment, homelessness can be solved. But she stresses that the solutions to homelessness are tied to programs at the federal, state, and local levels. Homelessness is a housing problem. And until we solve the affordable housing crisis, we're not going to solve for homelessness. We can give people assistance to get back into housing. But if we don't have enough affordable housing in the country, then we will never solve the problem. And so I think that one of the ways that I would really advise Bezos to use his money to stretch these dollars further is to work on moving the needle with the federal government and investing in housing assistance. And not only that, but also working with state and local governments to change land use and zoning laws. Um, So we tend to think of the federal government as making those investments in housing assistance. That's the lever that the federal government can pull. But state and local governments have a lot of power, too. They set land use and zoning requirements. And if you create an environment that was friendly to affordable housing development, then you could produce, get more affordable housing produced or more housing overall produced and drive down the cost of housing. So how can private capital from something like the Day One Fund move the needle on a problem where the solutions are so closely tied to government programs? I think that private capital can also work to advance advocacy for more resources of those programs. So making sure that there is adequate funding for what works. Um, And then, like I said before, testing out some of the strategies that we need to know more about. So really creating pilots around homelessness prevention, funding those on a small scale, measuring what works, and really evaluating the impact, and then using that information to advocate for replication and scaling. While the Day One Families Fund will invest in existing organizations to combat family homelessness, the Day One Academies Fund takes a different approach. This fund will be used to launch and operate a network of high-quality, full-scholarship, Montessori-inspired preschools in underserved communities. Here's how Jeff Bezos described the fund in an interview at the Economic Club of Washington. Full tuition preschool, Montessori inspired. Um, I'm very excited about that because um, I'm going to operate that. That's going to be an operating nonprofit. Um, I'm going to hire an executive team. There's going to be a leadership team. We're going to operate these schools um, and we're going to put them in low-income neighborhoods. It's just, there's no doubt. We, we know for a fact that if a kid falls behind, um, it's really, really hard to catch up. And if you can give somebody uh, a leg up when they're two, three, or four years old, by the time they get to kindergarten or first grade, they're much less likely to fall behind. It can still happen, but you've really improved their odds. I asked Erica Greenberg how significant the Day One Academies Fund might be for early childhood education in this country. This is a significant amount of money. This is going to make a difference. 
Let's say the investment is split evenly between homelessness and preschool, so an investment of about a billion dollars. This represents a 13% increase over all state spending on preschool in the most recent year available. That's more than the state of Texas. Assuming spending tracks with other high-quality programs, we're talking about preschool for about 65,000 children. When I was a preschool teacher, we used to ask the students, are you making good choices? With the Day One Academies Fund, Jeff Bezos has made a good choice. But starting the Day One Academies Fund is only the first of several good choices Bezos will have to make. As he gets this new network of preschools off the ground, he'll have to make several key decisions about where the network will set up schools and how it will operate. Erica has three recommendations for Bezos as he considers these challenges. The three things I'd recommend are, first, use data to drive the selection of new sites for day one preschools to identify the communities with greatest need who are most likely to benefit from these funds. Two, look to the evidence base on preschool research and evaluation to structure the programs. Use evidence-based domain-specific curricula, rely on professional development through intensive coaching, engage in continuous quality improvement driven by data and evidence. And three, remember the joy. This, as Bezos said, is about sparking a fire in young children, getting them excited about learning for the rest of their lives, drilling them on certain skills at this point may be counterproductive. So this broad joy through learning is something that he'll really want to keep in mind. When thinking about where to set up the new academies, Bezos may want to invest in areas where there is the greatest need. One way to measure need is to identify areas where there is low enrollment of low-income children in preschools. Identifying these areas can help the fund target where to invest. This is a question that Erica and her colleagues at the Urban Institute have done some work on. And here at the Urban Institute, we have two data tools that could be really helpful to Bezos and his team as they try to figure out where to launch these new day one preschools. We've got a 10 characteristics of preschool age children uh, data tool, which uses census type data to look at a variety of background characteristics and enrollment patterns among three to five-year-old children. And then we have a 10 characteristics of infants and toddlers data tool. So when we ran the numbers and we looked at the top 10 communities with uh, the lowest enrollment in preschool among low-income children, two are in Bezos' home state of Washington, the Kennewick Richland and the Seattle-Tacoma-Bellevue community, so right there in his backyard. Um, And others are scattered around the country. When thinking about increasing educational opportunities among low-income children, many people might imagine that large urban areas would have the biggest need. But when looking at the numbers, researchers find that there is still great need in rural areas. Again, here's Erica. So many of the top 10 communities with the greatest need for new high-quality preschools are in rural areas. That's because of the challenges of delivering any social services in rural communities where populations are sparse um, and where transportation can be a real challenge for teachers and for parents and children. Paradoxically, we do see that the greatest gains from preschool are sometimes accrued to children in rural communities. As for how the Day One Academies will run, Bezos envisions Montessori-inspired schools for the network. Montessori schools emphasize student choice and discovery over direct instruction. And there's a lot of variation in different Montessori programs. We'll all be watching to see what what that means and, and how it's implemented in these programs. We do have some research on the Montessori method. It's 100 years old. So long before rigorous research and evaluation was part of uh, kind of the picture. So more recent studies have been quite small in scale, um, but there are some experimental and quasi-experimental studies that show improvements in some but not all child outcomes um, at the conclusion of a Montessori early childhood program. 
some benefits in early language and literacy and in math, some benefits in physical development, more mixed findings around social, emotional, and uh, executive function skills, but those may may be positive as well. None of the studies that exist meet the rigorous standards set by the What Works Clearinghouse maintained by the U.S. Department of Education. So it's a promising place to start. And at the very least, research shows that the importance of keeping some key elements of Montessori would be wise. So child-directed activities and a focus on play and learning through play are elements of Montessori that we'd really like to see in these programs. While there might not be much existing research on the Montessori approach, Erica believes the Day One Academy Fund would be well-served by devising a rigorous research agenda to ensure that the money they are investing is well-spent and to identify any areas that need improvement. This is a researcher's dream to be able to watch a program unfold from the very beginning, to think about using various mechanisms that would allow for rigorous uh, and independent study. For example, in places where there is a longer waiting list of applications and slots available, they could use a lottery to randomly assign students to the program or not, and then follow those children over time to see how they're doing once they enter school. Um, And even beyond schooling um, is really where the field is now to look at uh, labor market outcomes and uh, health and, and all these other sorts of things that early care and education programs may be able to improve. And to learn whether the program is working, Bezos and team are going to want to track those outcomes closely. As the Day One Academies roll out, there are a lot of lessons that can be taken from previous efforts to increase access to preschool education. They might look at the launch of the Head Start program in the 1960s. This effort can provide a model for the fund and serve as a caution for Bezos. I think Head Start rolled out carefully. There were select communities, there were pilot and demonstration programs, um, and then a scale-up over the years, the 70s in particular, um, and even beyond in the 90s, the expansion of early Head Start for zero to three-year-olds, migrant and seasonal programs. So that program has really adapted over the years. Uh, Some states have rolled out programs rapidly, uh, cities as well. New York City really scaled up its pre-K program over the course of just a, a small number of years. Educare, also that model program that Warren Buffett and others fund, has has grown over the years. But I think Bezos has a philosophy of grow big fast. And I think that's one to, to be careful about when you're talking about the most vulnerable children. Certainly, there is critical need um, in many communities around the country, and families are really struggling to, to find high-quality early care and education for their children. But I think growing the new model, uh, testing it out, doing this continuous quality improvement process, and then expanding may be the better way to go. With these cautions in mind, Erica would remind Bezos to stick to the basics of pre-K education providing a supportive environment for students, teachers, and families. So we know that warm, engaging, joyful, and well-organized classrooms rich with learning materials can really benefit children's growth and development. We know that evidence-based, intensive, domain-specific curricula are really important. So curricula focused on math or literacy or maybe both, but not kind of broader curricula um, trying to hit all domains at once. Professional development through coaching, really intensive one-on-one relationships are important. And where possible, they'll want to recruit teachers trained in the science of child development, and care for diverse children and families. Erica says there are ways that the Day One Fund can weave together solutions for family homelessness and early childhood education. 
Absolutely. We could think about double investing across the day one funds by co-locating preschools within affordable housing complexes, or at least providing transportation between the two to really remove that barrier for many low-income working families who are trying to get maybe older children to school, trying to get to work, trying to get their youngest ones to preschool. Something like that, uh, that co-locating idea would really help. As always, we'll close with some key takeaways. Here are three things you need to know. One, Jeff Bezos' $2 billion commitment to help alleviate family homelessness and address the lack of preschool education in low-income areas has the potential to significantly address both issues across the country and provide needle-moving solutions to these problems. Two, to significantly address the problem of family homelessness, the Day One Families Fund should target areas across the country with the highest rates of homelessness, create political pressure to increase funding for federal programs that have been proven to work, and pilot and test new strategies to prevent homelessness. And three, to significantly increase opportunities for preschool education for low-income children, the Day One Academies Fund should use data to identify communities with the greatest need, structure programs using evidence-based curricula, and evaluate those programs, and remember the joy that the ideal preschool education for any student will spark a fire in children and get them excited about learning for the rest of their lives. So that's our show. Thanks again to Mary Cunningham and Erica Greenberg. If you like the show, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors. We appreciate the support of listeners like you and need your help in connecting us to other smart, good-looking, policy-minded folks out there. And please take a few seconds to go to iTunes and rate our show. Thanks to our editor, Riley Byrne, our producer, Dave Connell, and Katie Smith for all her help. Our theme music is by Moby. For everyone on the Critical Value team, this is Justin Milner signing off.